The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to find our text out of the book of Exodus tonight. I have a number of things that I'm working on and to uh, bring to you, to deliver to you messages that are come out of my prayer closet, time where I pray and believe for God to talk to me so that I can bring to you like a mailman what I believe to be the message from the Lord for whatever night or whatever service we're at. We don't we don't um, subscribe to a magazine that gives you 52 messages for the year. <laughs> oh, I know, I know it sounds funny, but the truth is that, that that's absolutely what happens in some places. And, and that's okay. I think that's if God leads you that way. Praise the Lord. But we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that God is a speaking God. And... There are certain messages that need to be preached. In fact, the truth is, anything that would ever be pre- preached or taught, if it was worth doing once, it'd be worth doing again. Come on, you ever you like filet mignon? All right, well, how many of you never want to eat that again? No, you want to have it at some point wrapped in bacon. Come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> Asparagus, some hollandaise sauce. That's not the kind of meal I want to eat once. There are messages that need to be brought over and over, really, as a reminder. The gospel needs to be continually preached. Gospel means good news. It means this. It means that Jesus, God's one and only son, came stepping out of eternity into time and space, putting on robes of flesh, walking the earth as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell us, doing all kinds of miracles of provision, miracles of healing, miracles of deliverance. And when the time came... He surrendered himself willingly to do the Father's will to take upon himself the sin of the world and died on a cruel Roman cross and in his death became a curse for us as was declared through the prophets of old, over 700 prophecies. And we have writings that even predate Christ from the Dead Sea Scrolls, the book of Isaiah, 700 years prior to Jesus Isaiah wrote Isaiah 53. He was bruised for our, pierced for our iniquities, the chastisement that brought us peace. Without Jesus, you will never know peace. If you know Jesus, you will know peace. When you've seen the, you've already seen the bumper sticker. It's true. The gospel is, is Jesus, God's only son, dying on a cross, rising again from the grave. How many of you know that's something that you should hear over and over and over again? I'll tell you, one of the things that astounds me is how few times there are altar calls in churches. And what I mean by altar calls, I mean, that's kind of, you know, sometimes we, we come into the church and we hear all kinds of Christianese, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, most people know what an altar call is that are here because you've been going to church a while. But if you don't, you don't go to church regularly, they're like, altar what? A call, a call. What do you, what do you mean your altar call? I, that, that means like we give a, an invitation for people to get right with Jesus, for people to give their heart to Jesus, for people to repent. John was telling me, John was telling me he was talking to some folks today and he began to tell them about the good news of Jesus. He was using a script. We will reprint copies of that and we'll have that out by the weekend um, but there's this very simple gospel script and you can memorize it or you can just read it. And I've found when we read the simple gospel script, more people get saved than, than when we're doing it any other way. It's amazing. It's like a, I don't know. 
It's really supernatural, man. That thing works. So he's talking to somebody and, and she says, oh yeah, I believe in God. You know, I believe in Jesus. And he says a fascinating thing. I don't even know if you understood the weight of what you were saying. So you said, so you've, you've, you've repented. And they're like, what? Repented. So you've repented? They're like, what's that? So when somebody says they believe in God, they believe in Jesus, you know, that's great. The book of James says that even demons believe. So it's really no big deal to believe that he exists. Even the demons believe that he exists. Hello? He asked a critical question. The most important lifetime question is, have you repented? Because the only way that that Jesus comes into your life, that you're made right with God, the only way that your sin is thrown as far as the east is from the west is by repenting. Repentance means to ask for forgiveness for the things of which you have done wrong. And by the way, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm, I'm blown away at how often that's not preached, not shared in, in Bible teaching and preaching churches. Right. We'll talk about prayer or they'll talk about, you know, they'll talk about worship or they'll talk about finances or they'll talk about, you know, emotional healing and things like that. But you can't have any of that unless you get the first thing right, which is giving your heart to Jesus fully repenting. Yeah. Right. It's not popular, repenting. There's no other way to make it to heaven except by repenting. Anyway, I was praying about tonight, Exodus chapter 33, and um, I was working on a message about how to remove blockages in your life. So just touch on it for a second, because there's a very real enemy that wants to block you. But you also have your flesh, your fallen human nature it wants to, that can get in the way. People can, can block you. Wrong thinking. Thinking incorrectly or having a distortion about who God is or who the church is or all of those things can mess you up. And I was working that through and I dropped off my son for practice tonight. It was a my son's the drummer this, this evening. I came home to pick, collect my beautiful wife and my daughter. When I opened the door of my house, I got absolutely inundated by the power of God. And I could hardly stand. Honestly, it was just, oh, he was overwhelmingly in my house. And everything else I was thinking about, I was thinking about all kinds of hindrances and then working this thing and getting an illustration and just whirling it around and praying in the spirit. I opened the door, poof. I was like, whoa, <laughs> wow, uh, God, yes, God, Lord. I, I mean, I could hardly stand. I went to my chair of revelation that's in the corner of my house. How many got one of those chairs? I mean, you sit down in that thing. <laughs> there was worship on, I sat down. And the Lord began to talk to me about his presence. The Lord began to talk to me about his presence in my life being the most precious thing that there is. Without repentance, you'll never have his presence. You can play church all you want to and you still won't have his presence. Listen, where I came from, and I'll never go back in Jesus' name. I can't stand dead church. I just flat out can't stand it. I don't like political games. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like just, you know, I'm not here to fulfill a religious obligation. I'm certainly not here for a job. I'm not here just so I could just make myself feel better because I came on a Wednesday night because I'm riddled with guilt. No, I, I, I'm here because I really love the Lord. All right, we well say, you're the pastor. No, I'd be coming anyway. I, come on, I'd just be coming anyway, even if I wasn't. I'd come to this church even if I wasn't the pastor. 
place is amazing what God is doing. And it's not, it doesn't have so much to do with me as it has a team of people that are hungry and thirsty. God will touch you into the direct proportion of the hunger that you have. That's why he spoke in parables. I've taught you, I've told you over and over. You need the presence of God in your life. You need to learn to walk. We all need to learn to walk in his presence. Moses here in this text, let's Let's look at this, Exodus 33. Find verse 7. Moses took his tent. You all there? Let's all stand. That's a tradition we have. Some traditions are good. That's just standing up in honor. We'll stand in honor for a guest. My daddy taught me to stand up when a woman enters the room. We stand up when we read the word. And if you're not able to, then, or if that really irritates you, you're probably... Irritated anyway, but you can stand up on the inside. If you really don't want to, you don't have to by any means. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. And so it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose. Each man stood by his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing by the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshipped each man at his tent door. Verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Well, we're going we're gonna to look at some more, but let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do, what you're already doing. Lord, in the moments that remain tonight, give us living understanding. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. The tabernacle of meeting. He goes out to meet with God, and God would come down full, full view of everybody watching, and they would worship. I mean, that must have been quite a sight. I think it was uh, maybe Saturday night. I think it was Saturday night. There was a, like a bit of a cloud that came into the sanctuary. You say, are you serious? Totally. He says, does it happen a lot? Yeah. You know, sometimes more than others. The cloud would come down. He would talk with the Lord. The Lord would talk with him. And there was this... This young man, his name was Joshua, Yeshua, Hebrew. And when it says that when Moses would leave, then Joshua would stay. It's fascinating to me that Joshua then becomes the next leader. You know, later on, if you study, read in history of Israel, Joshua becomes the leader. Let's look at verse 12 now. And Moses said to the Lord... See, you say to me, bring this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you've said, I know you by name, and you've also found grace in my sight. Another version says favor. Now, therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight or favor in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. And that I might find grace in your sight and consider this nation is your people. And he, it's capitalized, that means God. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Say that with me. My presence will go with you and I will give, make it personal. Your presence will go with me And you will give me rest. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. I've done Christianity with another kind of yoke. 
I've served the Lord with the yoke that came from man. I've served, I've served the Lord with the yoke that came from my own ambition. I've served the Lord with a yoke that drove me like a taskmaster of old. I've, I've served the Lord like that. I've had a yoke on my neck that had nothing to do with the Lord, but we called it church. I called it church. I called it a relationship with Jesus. I had a man-pleasing thing on me that I would do anything I could to get somebody to tell me that I'd done a good job because I was hurting, because I was broken, because I was rejected. I came from a broken home and been through a series of events that caused me to be somebody that was shattered and incomplete. I didn't understand really at that time in my walk with the Lord that it was he was the one that was going to complete me and heal me. It wasn't going to be any woman. It wasn't going to be any man. It was going to be the Lord who would come upon me with his power and his presence and he would give me rest from the, the, the striving, rest from all the works of the flesh, rest from trying to earn the money, earn the dollar, earn the fame, earn the fortune, to earn the, the hand clap or the that a boy, the crown or the robe. All of those things will drive you. They're taskmasters. There's many that are in the church today that are underneath the whip of a taskmaster. You don't have to be underneath the whip of dead pharisaical religion. You can be delivered. You can be set free. You can always tell by somebody's countenance whether walking with the Lord or whether they're under some bondage. I don't mean like a, a momentary grief or, or even grief that can last a while. When you lose a loved one, you lose a father, you lose a brother or a sister, you know, grief can last a little while. But even in your grief, God will give you peace and joy. I mean somebody who's ongoingly miserable and bitter, yet they call that Christianity. They don't have power in their life. They, 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 don't, they don't have a, a, a drive to, to share their faith because, because they're just under such a burden. I've been there. I won't ask you to raise your hand. There's no, that's no way to live. There's no way, to, that's no way to live. That's not God's plan for you to be a, a Pharisee, a Sadducee, to be a couldn't see and a wouldn't see. That's not God's plan for you to be under some yoke trying to earn something or trying to get the crown or the ring or the robe. It's God's plan for you to labor to enter into his rest. And it's his presence. Gosh, I've found so often times when I get worked up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place in my life now where, you know, I just got a lot of balls in the air. I, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I feel like that guy on Johnny Carson. Some of you have no idea who that is. But you remember the guy who used to spin plates? You know, the plate spinning guy? He'd get like 15 or 50 plates spinning, and he would just be like running. And then he would like come back and keep, does anybody know what I'm talking about? All the plates, he'd be like, wow, look at all the plates. You know, God's not impressed with all your plates. Yeah. You end up dropping a plate or two and it smashes on the ground and then we feel like, oh, I failed you, Lord. I've come to the place today to right, right at the very end, right before service. There really isn't anything that matters except his presence and his power in my life. There really isn't anything. His presence is everything. You see, because if Jesus is with you, then the, where, where, his, where the king is, so is the kingdom. And where his presence is, I'm just telling you, sickness can't stay, disease can't stay, depression can't stay. He begins to help you. And there's principles to live by. Yes, absolutely. Got to learn the word. Got to know the word. Got to renew your mind. Amen. What verse are we on? Thank you. Verse 15. And he said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. What a revelation. He realizes, hey, God, uh, if you're not coming with us, <laughs> we're not going to go. We don't want to go unless you're, you're with us. Some people go and God's not with them at all. Fools go where angels fear to, tre fear to tread. Verse 16. For how then will it be known that your people have found grace in your sight except you go with us? For years, the church has tried to win people through some four-step process without power. Some, some, you know, 
system of, of leading somebody to Christ, but it never had the presence on it. Listen, God wants to give you rest. God wants to help you. And he wants to walk with you. That which Adam lost in the gardens, in the garden, except in security and significance, the last Adam purchased back for us. You can walk in acceptance and security and significance. You can walk in his presence. And it's really a lot of fun, actually. How will they know that we've found grace in your sight unless you go with us? So we will be separate. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. Moses says, show me your glory. And he said, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. Verse 19, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I'll have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And he said in verse 20, but you cannot see my face, for no man shall see my face and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand by the rock, and so it shall be. My glory passes by, that I will cover you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. And then I will take away my hand, and you will see my back. But my face shall not be seen. Father, I pray as we just look for a moment at this passage that you, Lord, would grant to us the fresh understanding and that we would learn how to walk in your presence in a new way. And Lord, as I, as I speak tonight, also I ask God that you'd help me, Lord, not strain my vocal cords. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. My vocal cords are in need of healing from shouting and having a great time. So I'm just going to, I'm going to try just to, just to stay calm today. I'm really excited. I know you can't tell it. The Old Testament, the word for glory. See, I want God to show me his glory. I want, I want, to, I want, to, I want to behold his glory. I want to know him like Moses not just his blessings, not just his power, but, but him. The word in the Old Testament for glory is kabod, which is weight or splendor. If you grew up in the 60s or 70s, you ever hear like, wow, man, that's heavy, man. That's really heavy. Well, heavy is what glory means. It, there's a, a, it means weighty or splendor. Come on, somebody say, wow, God's heavy. <laughs> yeah, he is. And this word glory here is, show me your glory, he says, it, it reflects the self-disclosure of God. God wants to reveal his glory to you, to me, to us, to our community. He said, how does he do that? Well, he was doing it today through John. He was doing it today through your smile that you gave that person. When you turned the other cheek, he was revealing his glory. God's glory is revealed in lots of different ways. This tabernacle, literally, the, the, this cloud would come down. The cloud was a picture of his glory. Every time manna came, it was a picture of his glory. And God not only did it in the Old Testament, but the New Testament said that Jesus is... Look, look with me, John chapter 1 and verse 14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory... The glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. He's talking about the glory of God as Jesus. Jesus is the glory of God. He is God and he's, he's the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The invisible God made visible. 
Jesus. The New Testament word for glory is doxa, D-O-X-A. And it, it has the same meaning, weight, splendor, but really is fame. It's a, it's a little bit different. Fame. They're famous. You ever hear that? That's a famous person. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15 reads, Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But when anyone turns towards the Lord, the veil is taken away. I got, I got to stop for a second. You know, John, and there's been other ones. Maybe, maybe you've moved away from your first love. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you're on fire for God. But when you are, you realize what he saved you from. You realize all that God has done. Your heart can't help but to swell with excitement that God has set you free. Amen. You just can't help it. You just are like, man, this is amazing. It's amazing. Why is that? Because, now how many of you remember before you got saved? Before, what do you mean saved? Born again. Before you gave your heart to Jesus. Before you repented. Before you repented. Before you repented. You were separate from God. You were a son of disobedience, as the Bible would say. But when you came to him, all of a sudden you realized, wait a second. He died in my place? That makes sense. Oh my gosh. I've done a whole bunch wrong. I, Lord, I've hurt you. I, I, I repent. God, forgive me. In order for that to happen, something's got to come off of your eyes. There's a veil. You see, otherwise, everybody'd be saved, and everybody's not saved. That universalism is a deceptive doctrine of demons. Not everybody's going to heaven. I was riding behind a car on the way here. It said, smile, you're a child of God. That is not necessarily true. I smiled because I know I am, but there's some people that might be smiling that actually might be living for the devil and not even know it. People don't see God's presence and power because there's a veil. But when the veil is taken away, let's read the next verse, verse 17 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now the Lord is spirit. Everybody say that. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. Wow. So the Holy Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit being the glory of God. So the New Testament talks about Jesus being the glory of God. The New Testament talks about the Holy Spirit being the glory of God. Watch this now. The New Testament also talks about you being the glory of God. Put this up if you can. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 10. See, because we're made in his image. Come on, say, somebody say, I'm made in his image. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe, because our testimony was among you who believe. Verse 11. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling. And fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. The work of faith with power. Verse 12. That the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him. According to the grace of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Leave it up. You are to be, I am, we're supposed to be a manifestation of God's glory. Listen, I'll tell you, I'm picking on John because he testified a little bit. But I mean, when that, that lady saw you and, and you said to her, do you know that God's got a wonderful plan for your life? And she freaked out. You know what that was? It was, it was God using you as a messenger to say, was it you? It was God using this young man as a messenger to say that God really does love you. All right. Amen. Come on, t- just go ahead and tell us, tell us what happened last night. I can't even really talk. <laughs> you know, uh, sorry. Um, so you prayed last night that God would. I was praying very hard for hours. Um, I tried to quit, you know, change my life. And I've known God my whole life. And I love God. I love Jesus, you know, and, and I know what's right. And I've gone away from him for a few years now. And um, it's that lesson. You can't fix it alone. 
And God's always there for you. Isn't that the fact? It is the fact. And I was praying, praying, praying. God, you got to do something desperate. It's got to be drastic. Or it's not going to change. <laughs> I had here, something. Here, come here, come here, come I here, come here. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> I had shopped in cars for two years. Come to church. Hi. <laughs> I, I had shopped in cars for two years. And I decided to go there and look at meat prices. <laughs> and... Uh, this crazy bald head guy came up to you? <laughs> yes, he did. And um, at first I thought I had something on my clothes. Because <laughs> like, he goes, ma'am, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah. And then um, he seemed a little bit hesitant. So I thought he had something bad to tell me. <laughs> like there's something on my clothes or something. And um, anyway, he just started to talk to me. And it was a private message for me. And I know it was from God. Because somebody had told me that same thing when I was about 10 years old. Isn't that something? Yes. And I was, that came to mind on my bed when I was praying. That thought that when I was 10 years old and sitting in the church, and that man, the evangelist, came to town, and he told me the same thing. And when he said those words, it was almost word for word. And I started crying. I knew oh that was God. a message for me. I knew it was. Look, only, only God could do that. Tell me your name, sweetheart. Close your eyes. Just close your eyes. Tell me your name. It's Melissa. Melissa. Melissa, you have so many marvelous gifts. The Lord has uh, given you a gift to be able to administrate. He's given you a gift to be able to teach. There's a gift of leadership on you. But there were some arrows that were fired at you years ago that pierced through that, that armor that you had. And, and you got isolated. And there was, there was things that took place in your life that just left you like Humpty Dumpty falling off a wall, all broken in pieces. But it is this day. It is this day that God has reached you and you responded. And indeed, that veil was even lifted off when you prayed. But God spoke to you even confirming what the evangelist said when you were 10 years old. And I confirm to you that God's hand is mightily upon you. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25 says that I will restore all the years that the locusts have taken. And there has been loss. There has been health. Things that happened, relationships that have been absolutely shipwrecked. But God says to you this day, my beloved daughter, I embrace you. Welcome home. Let my power now begin to rest upon you. Put your hand to the plow and don't look back. Don't go it alone. Can get, get accountability. Develop some friendships even tonight. Listen, some of you women of God, if the Holy Spirit's touching you right now, you give them your number and you get hers and you connect with her. And, and God has given you a family. Welcome home. Welcome to the family. You'll be loved here. And I want you to know that I was a hardcore drug addict. I lived in this street and I lost everything. And I know what it is. And I'm not the only one. There's many others from every station of life. There are those who were born with a silver spoon in their mouth here and those who had no spoons. Those who lost their fathers and mothers and those who were raised in Christian households and everything in between. Those who never turned their back on the Lord and those of us that did. But I want to tell you that God has an awesome plan for you. And I break off every lie. I break off every assignment of the enemy. Lord, everything that would try to remain from the old life, I break you off right now. In the name of Jesus, set free by the power of Jesus' name. Let the presence of God just come upon you. Let the presence come upon you. Micah, go to the piano. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Lift your hands. It's God's presence and power. It's God's presence and power. Let Him touch you right now. Let Him touch you right now. And the Lord would say, John, I confirm to you the gift of the evangelist that's upon your life. I confirm to you, son. I confirm to you that you're called. Oh, you need to stay there a while. You're okay. Don't worry about it. We lie on the ground all the time around here. <laughs> I confirm to you the full-time call of God. You will. Even make your living in the gospel. You are crossing over to a new place. And I see even tonight like a new mantle just coming on you. Just resting on you. A mantle even of the evangelist. That's not the only one. There's healing. It's a pastoral call. Yes, Spirit. Holy 
Let your fire rest upon them. Make them a mighty soul winner, God. Jesus. Moses used protocol. He came before God. The only way that we can bring God's glory to people is by being right with Jesus. My illustration and that precious lady who I did not know had walked in. I didn't know that. That was not planned. Is that John was the glory of God being used by the glory of God representing to her. It was like, oh my gosh, the Lord speaking something she heard. Well, who could, who could organize that? Oh, no one but Jesus. Oh, only God could. There's nothing like your presence, Lord. Nothing like your presence to me. Oh, there's nothing like your presence, Jesus. Nothing like your presence, Jesus. Nothing like your presence, Lord. Mm, in your presence, there's peace. In your presence, oh, there's joy divine. In your presence, oh, there's healing, there's healing, there's healing. In your presence, in your presence, presence, it's like heaven. Worship team, come on. Your presence, help me. Your presence is like heaven to me. Lift your voice and sing. Your presence is like heaven. Your presence is heaven to me. charge you by the word of the Lord to pursue his presence pursue God oh I know we fasted and prayed and we're now going through the conference and but you can you can fast and pray some more you want to you know there's no toxic levels in God you can overdose on his presence Bible says, at his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. At his right hand, rivers of pleasure. Come on, you got to do a paradigm shift. Serving God's hard. Are you kidding me? I'll show you hard. Serving God's not hard. I know what hard is. This ain't it. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, this ain't it. There's peace in his presence. There's joy in his presence. Your presence, come on, sing it again. Yes, your presence is heaven to me. Oh, there's nothing like your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence is heaven to me. Just invite the Holy Spirit to come and touch you tonight. Your presence is heaven to me. Oh, yes. 
church a lot before I came to our church I've been to many churches I've been to seeker friendly churches and I'm thankful for those that people will find the Lord there too I had seen such supernatural ugliness I've seen so much of the supernatural darkness by the time I came to the Lord that I was going to have to see something for real from God because otherwise I just wasn't going to do I just I didn't you know the seeker friendly thing I just I just knew I wasn't going to make it with that that wasn't going to do it I had too much darkness I'd seen too much heard too much I will never forget walking in the back of our church at Connie Street Maui Hawaii I walked in there was a sea of people praying in tongues and people on the ground and I mean it was just a little bit like this way louder you know it's just what the spirit of God was doing at that time I stood in the back of the church and I thought what kind of a cult freak show is this but oh my god because I just never seen anything like that I I saw three songs sit down stand up read the text go to a one hour dry cleaning service to go home unchanged and unmoved I'd seen that and so now there's like this holy Mayhem. That's the only, it's like a holy chaos, is what I would call it. And it didn't make sense to me. And I thought, what? I, I said to my friend, like, you know, like, really? He's like, oh yeah, bro. And he's just kind of nodding. And I sat there, my mind arguing against everything I was seeing. This is weird. This is weird. And then all of a sudden, I'll never forget what happened to me. I'm like, man, what is all going, what is going on around here? What's going on? And I thought, wait, what is that? And I remember naturally just lifting my hands, all of my hair standing on end, which is not a criteria for getting touched by God, but that's what happened. And I thought, man, this is weird, but God, Lord, you are here. And I remember lifting my hands and I heard this altar, an altar call. I heard an invitation from Dr. Morocco, heard the last little bit of his message. And it was on generational curses. And it was as if that man was brought straight to my face as I was the first time in the building, first time in our church. And he said, if you have generational curses, and the Lord is like, you do. You have generational curses. Yeah. Then come to the front and get set free tonight, today. I was in a dead sprint from the back of the church and by the time I reached the front, the altar call, the, the altar was already filled with people. I was five or four or five people deep already. Dr. Morocco moving from this side, laying people falling out. I didn't understand one thing, but I understood his presence. I understood that. And I'll never forget when my spiritual father, who's who he is to me, he's praying for people. And then he looked beyond all the four people in front and he reached his hand up over everybody and he grabbed my head and he said, be free in Jesus' name. The power of God hit me and I fell down on the ground. I have never been the same since that day. Since that day, there, was, there wasn't the only touch I ever got and God had to do a bunch of healing and I certainly fought him along the way. Anybody else fight him? Don't fight God. It never works. Just, just yield. Only, you, I, you, no, no one can see his face if you're living. You have to just die to your own agenda. You can't see my face and live. You want the glory of God, the power of God in your life, you're going to have to surrender. I know I didn't like it either because I wasn't into surrendering to anybody. Oh, the quicker you can surrender, the quicker the breakthrough comes. And really all those years of, of crash and burn in the first three years of my Christianity... It wasn't until I finally said, okay, I quit. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then, supernaturally, God began to touch my life and bring me to a place. I mean, quickly, very quickly, I was a pastor within three years and launched into destiny. And forgetting that which lies behind, I'm continuing to press on. I'm not saying I've attained it, but I, I do know that you got to surrender. you got to yield. He's not trying to control you. He's trying to walk with you. He's not trying to make you do something. 
He's trying to walk alongside you so that together we can change the world. That's it's co-laboring with him. He's not a loving slave owner. It's a great day when you realize he's not a loving slave owner or something. And that you realize that you're his son, that you're his friend because he loves you and he made a way for you. You have to do the Ten Commandments so you can get favor. No, no, no. You already have it because Jesus paid the price for you. And from that place, you, you live for him in obedience. Presence, your presence is heaven, is heaven to me. Oh, your presence is heaven, your presence is heaven to me. If you are not right with God and you know it won't you get right with him tonight won't you give your heart to him quit fighting quit kicking and scratching and just submit already amen you can trust him trust his leadership trust the process it's going to take you make you into a new creation and he'll use you for his glory can you imagine if the precious John our brother John didn't can you imagine you know you're the only Jesus some people will ever see. You've got power and authority. You lay hands on the sick and you'll see them recover. You can pray with new tongues. We can, we can change this city. He took 12 people. He took 12 ignorant fishermen. 12. And turned the known world upside down. And we're standing here today because he took 12 guys and poured it in them. I know, the 120, and then it began to grow. Look, you are his method. He said, by Moses talking to God shows that how important man is. When Moses would intercede for Lot, when, when Moses would, oh, that's Abraham. But when, when Moses would pray, Lord, don't cast your people away. You said, what will the nation say? It shows how important we are. We're important. Our intercession matters. The way that we live matters. He wants to bless you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, you want to get right with Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him. I'm not going to make a sissified altar call. You serious for Rizzle? You really do? Then meet me right here and we're going to pray. Come right now. Just come. If you want to get right with God, come. Come. Come, don't let anything hold you back. On the final day, there'll be nobody standing there. It'll just be you. Make a decision. Come on, put your hands together for these, won't you? Make a decision. Make a decision to live for God. Come on, sing it again. And as we do, if, if you know you need to be up here, come. Your presence. Oh, your presence. Come on, come. Come, if you need to. Brother Toby, you lead us. Your presence. of you up front, those out in the congregation, those online tonight, just pray right out loud and say, Dear Jesus, forgive me of all of my sin. Come on, you can pray this with all your heart, even if you're not up front. Amen. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me of all of my sin. I believe that you died on a cross for me. And I believe that you rose from the grave for me. And I receive your free gift, your free gift. Of, salvation. of salvation. Write my name, Write my name in, the in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Just lift your hands. It's a universal sign of surrender. We pray that the Holy Spirit now fills you. Holy Spirit, come and fill these. Jesus, you said it would be better for you to go that you might send another. The standby, the paracletos, the, the helper, the counselor. Lord, you didn't leave us here to live for you with no power. Lord, you didn't send us to lunch with no lunch money. You gave us the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit, as these now have received you, fill them. Be filled right now. Every bondage be broken. Come on, just let the Spirit of God fill you. Come on, if you pray in the, in, the, in the Holy Ghost, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Pray in the Spirit. There's a, there's a Spirit language that comes from God. You just begin to let that out. Yep, it's in the Bible. Yep, I know it's unusual, but you need that. You need God's Spirit. You need His power. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled today. Come on, just sing in the Spirit, Minister Micah. Worship team, sing in the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to lay hands and service will be over. Come on, sing in the Spirit. sing one more time all across this place your presence leaders would you help these your presence is heaven to me all across this place lift your voice and sing 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 your presence your presence is heaven to me Father, I pray as we go and as we stay that your presence would rest upon us in our homes and in our cars, our trucks. Tomorrow, when we're at cars or Fred Myers or wherever we would go, we would be mindful. We would be mindful that we are your representatives. And how will they know? Unless someone tells them. How will people know? Who will go? Who will go? The Lord would say. And as the prophet responded, Here am I. Send me. May your presence go with us. We're peculiar, unusual people. And that is the difference between us and cults. That your presence is upon us. I'm going to close. It's my third close right here. Had a lady come in the back of the church. Never been in our church before over the weekend. She came to the front. Reluctantly, it was unusual. Never seen people come to the front. Never seen people lying down. Didn't understand that. But like I did some 25 years ago, felt something that she had never felt before. And 
she came to the front and I, you know, I didn't know who it was. And I saw God touching her and I just put my hand upon her, which is a biblical thing. Laying on of hands is an elementary teaching. Amen. I laid hands upon her and I, I prophesied. I just gave her a word. I felt like the Lord showed me a number of different things. She got touched and I think she sat down or, you know, I knew that the Lord had touched her. We received a letter that said that she has never in all of her church going years experienced God's presence like that in all her life and that she had never been prophesied over. She had never experienced the power of God and had been going to church, I believe, I believe for decades, decades, never experienced God's presence. Listen, I think God is going to drop an atom bomb of his presence. And it's going to radiate out all across this valley. I believe there's divine appointments like John had a divine appointment. I believe there's divine appointments waiting for us out there. Won't you stir yourselves up? Reach out to somebody. Bake a loaf of bread and bring it to your neighbor and tell them the Lord loves them. Give them the gospel. Get, get one of those scripts. I, know that I don't think there's any out there now. We'll have them by Sunday, but reach out and love and invite people lovingly pray for people they, they might not like you for it but there's only two or three people statistically that like you anyway so it's all good <laughs> come on just lovingly reach to people won't you let's pack this place out on sunday morning eight o'clock ten o'clock twelve let's pack this place out let's move to another level amen Come on, we'll go to much has been given, much is required. Listen, don't forget, this is like not the norm. It's not. And if you don't know, if you don't know that, then you know maybe you just need to, you know, take a trip in the lower 48, experience some dead church again. I'm just telling you, it's not normal. I believe that God's going to sweep through denominations. I believe God's going to touch our nation. And I'm not knocking the body of Christ. Praise God. But if it wasn't for his presence, I would not even be here. Amen. And I know that's many of you. It's true. Come on, let's just, won't you reach out me? Say, Pastor, I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to invite somebody. You pick them up. You do something. Raise, raise your hand. There's, that's not enough. All right. Come on, there's still not enough. Come on, raise your hand. We'll reach to somebody. Amen. You try. Amen. That's all you got to do. All you do is provide God an opportunity to show up. She said, I'll try. Yeah, that's all you got to do. You just hit your reach out. And God will set it up. That's all John did. I'll try. He came reluctantly. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Well, I don't know how it was, but I mean, you just were you, right? Come on, just try. You know, that's all healing is. All healing is is an opportunity where you step out. Come on, you're not the one that heals. It's like you're delivering a letter from Jesus. He's the one that heals. Just pray the prayer. Just believe. Can you say amen? Reach your cross. Take someone by the hand. Father God, we thank you. Oh, Minister Trent, come up here, man. Come on, let's just pray for you. Reach your hands towards Minister Trent. He's going, going home back to Florida. Father, we thank you for Minister Trent. We thank you for the hand of God that's upon him. I thank you for the favor of God. I thank you that as he returns, a new mantle of the gifts of the Spirit will flow through him. I thank you for an increased boldness, Lord, upon his life. I thank you, Lord, that even now, Lord, you are bringing to remembrance in the governor's office, Lord, when they met that that man full of boldness and gave him a, a, the KC magazine. I, I believe that the Lord is giving you favor in government and that God is going to use you mightily. There's seeds that you've sown and those seeds are beginning to germinate. Don't be weary in well-doing. You put your hand to the plow. You will see that wall come down. Lord, I thank you for an ethnic church, Lord. Black and white, yellow, Lord, Chinese, Japanese. Filipino, Spanish, Puerto Rican, Caucasian, Cuban, red, yellow, black, and white. They're precious in your sight. Fill his church with those kinds of people. God, we thank you for the, the soon coming wonderful report, the preschool that will open soon and everything that's happening there in Jesus' name. Come on, Minister Trent, would you close this? Come on, we'll close. This is the final close. We're landing the plane. Are you ready? All right. Can I, can I give a quick testimony? 
Okay. Um, last Wednesday night, we said we were looking for the approval for the preschool. That following Thursday, we got the pre-approval and the um, pre-licensing phase has already started. And instead of the 22 kids, they gave us the permission to go as high as 45. So... And over, over the one-week period of time, God, through you and your generosity, released about $5,000 to the work there in Florida. Come on, somebody say praise God. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right, take someone by the hand. Father, we just thank you for what you have done tonight, God. We just ask you to bless your people, Lord. Lord, overshadow us with your presence, God. We just pray that your presence goes with us, Lord. Fill us. Lord, speak to us in our beds, in our dreams tonight, Father. We thank you for what you've done. Now, bless your people. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.